0: America, a uh, 10, hat. I tease. Now before we get this year started, let me just say that God is good all the time. And if you know that God is good all the time, then I need you to hit that like button, okay? I need you to hit the subscribe button. See, ain't nothing changed. See, you welcome to fearless. I'm still your Thrill Sergeant Uncle Jimmy. He's still the captain. Some call him the Commandant, some call him the HNIC. I just call him Jason Whitlock. See, ain't nothing changed. He wants five stars. He wants you to phone friends. He wants you to hit the likes. He wants you to go and perch the merch. Look, let me tell you something. The show today on Fearless is gonna be hotter than a pot of black eyed on New Year's Day. You heard me? On today's show, Jason has a theory about what may be going on in the mind of Antonio Brown. And for that, we're gonna have to bring out the big dogs to discuss it. And what we gonna do is hop into Rolls Royce and roll up to Minnesota and talk to Rolls Royce about it. My guy, Royce White, is gonna be here to talk about it. Also, the show me kid, TJ Moe, he's in the house. He's gonna be rendering his opinion, and he's gonna be talking about what he thinks could be happening with AB. And last, and certainly not least, He's been called the coolest Korean on this side of the Mississippi. And y'all know I'm talking about our very own Stephen A. That's right, Stephen A. Kim is back into his house and he's gonna add his two yens on about what's been going on in this AB soliloquy. Fearless Army, if you're true to it, then let's do it. Let's release the dubs. Let's release the hounds. Let's make the sound that makes the big man go around. Here he is, y'all. Give it up. It's Jason Winlock!
1: Uh, Good job, Uncle Jimmy. Uh, Happy Monday to everybody. Uh, Jimmy's already told you what we're about to do, so uh, let's get right to it. Professional sports are no longer a force for good. They do not unify us. They do not inspire us to seek our better selves. They do not provoke participants to take bold and courageous stances. For the first time in my lifetime, I believe professional sports do more harm to American society than good. This is what ran across my mind yesterday as I watched Tampa Bay wide receiver Antonio Brown strip off his uniform mid game, toss his equipment into the ground, wave to the crowd and run off the field. Professional football, collegiate and NFL, exacerbated the emotional problems that have plagued Brown since childhood. Because of his immense talent, football afforded Brown the opportunity to ignore the mental scars a dysfunctional upbringing in South Florida wrought. Worse, the new social media demands of professional sports sank Brown further into the mental abyss. Over the next few days, you will hear plenty of analysts and Twitter pundits speculate that Brown is suffering from chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, did I say encephalopathy right? Uh, CTE, along with white supremacy, are the popular and corporate media approved explanations given any time a professional football player, particularly a black one, behaves poorly. They're bogus excuses that ignore the fact that bigotry and head trauma in sports have been around since gladiators fought lions for the entertainment of the masses. If CTE is real and the cause of unstable behavior, then Spartacus, Bronco Nagurski, Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, Walter Payton, and Joe Montana should have all melted down. No. What's new and what explains Antonio Brown's plunge into the bizarro world and the rapid decaying of professional sports as a force for good is the importance of social media brand building. Brown has no more or less CTE than Troy Aikman, Jim Brown, Joe Montana, Dick Buckus, or any prize fighter. Brown is suffering from mass formation psychosis. Yep the psychological disorder Dr. Robert Malone discussed in his now infamous Joe Rogan interview last week. Malone, of course, was talking about our exaggerated fear of COVID-19. Malone compared modern America to Germany in the 1920s and 30s. He said, quote, a very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense we can't understand it and then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point just like hypnosis they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere here's how i translate malone's explanation america the land of individualism and independent thought, is suffering from social and corporate media induced groupthink. It's made us choose group fear over individual freedom. It's made us crazy. Antonio Brown is nuts and his addiction to Instagram and Twitter are making him crazier. He's turned a rather routine sideline dispute between himself and Bruce Arians into a career-ending confrontation and walk-off. It's not all that surprising if you've been following Brown's descent. In 2018, ESPN's Jesse Washington wrote a prescient piece on Brown in his love affair with the social media Matrix. The article perfectly captures the negative impact social media was having on Brown's reality and worldview. Brown is the micro. Professional sports are the macro. Social media has eroded the value and integrity of professional sports. It's done the same thing to corporate media and public discourse. It's at the root of American division. Social media is a cancer mass formation psychosis is just a strand of social media's cancer for today i don't want to stray too far from sports let's look beyond antonio brown let's look at a football player with an impeccable reputation and the damage social media is doing to him tom brady he suffers from mass formation psychosis too you will never convince me Tom Brady believes in the experimental COVID vaccines. Never, no way. The man is meticulous about what he puts into his body. But he has has a social media brand he must protect, so he pretends to be on board with the experimental medical trials being forced on the American public. Pro athletes are now cowards. They're tools of major corporations. They've completely sold out for money. They live in fear of the social media mob. Combined, Brady and his wife Giselle Bungeon are worth close to a billion dollars. Brady has the money and the accomplishments to say and do whatever he wants. He could use his voice and his platform to speak against the vaccine mandates and the stupid and divisive NFL COVID protocols. He remains silent. The same goes for LeBron James. He's a slave to his social media following. Pretending that cops are on a murderous rampage against American black men, pleases social media and the Chinese Communist Party. The point of view is detached from reality and a symptom of mass formation psychosis. Professional sports used to reveal and sharpen a man's character. We're all flawed. Participation in sports used to shave some of our flaws away. Now the games solely reward talent and men willing to swallow and promote whatever agenda big tech and global corporations dictate. Antonio Brown won the talent lottery. That's why the Steelers, Raiders, Patriots, Buccaneers and Tom Brady kept bending their standards to make room for Brown. For me, the great reset is turning into my personal great awakening professional sports and its participants solely serve the dollar. The difference between Antonio Brown and Tom Brady isn't as significant as you might think. Mm! That's my fire. And I'm gonna go out to, I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't say this disparagingly, uh, but I'm gonna go out to a Tom Brady groupie. Our man here, our fearless soldier, uh, TJ Mo, who loves Tom Brady, and <laughs> I'm gonna put TJ's feet to the fire and get his reaction to me putting Tom Brady's feet to the fire, and and just my TJ was a obviously a great football player at the University of Missouri. Cup of coffee in the NFL. Cup of coffee with the Patriots when Tom Brady was there. Uh, TJ. Uh, Let me me just, I want to start more bigger picture before we zero in on Brady and Antonio Brown. What do you think of my overall take that professional sports, and I mean at the collegiate and NFL level, uh, are so focused on the dollar that they no longer care about, teach, have any concern for anything more than the dollar. And so I believe they're no longer a force for good in American society. I think they do actually more harm than good.
2: It's interesting. Um, I I think there are a lot of layers to that. I think the Decision makers, the overall decision makers care about nothing more than the dollar, and this is why people are trying to expand the college football playoff. This is why we have an extra NFL game this year. They don't care so much about the health of the players or even uh, in my opinion, the product itself and how good it can be. They care about the dollar. I think that's true. Um, we will get to Tom. I think you're, you're miscasting Tom because, because, uh, as you pointed out in your column, the guy's worth just about a billion dollars. I actually don't think he cares at all about money. We will get to that. I think the, I think the problem is this. I think I had the same hope that you did. And I think perhaps being guys that, uh, so Twitter, I, I didn't get a Twitter until 2009. I was already in college. So I did not ride this social media wave. You obviously did not either. We had this idea of what football was, and that was us, our, our teammates, our coaches, and then we would go home to our families, and that is it. That was the only voices in the world that mattered. And so it was us, our backs up against the wall. If we're going to do this and accomplish something, it's us, we're all we got. It doesn't matter what the guys on the other team think, it doesn't matter what the fans think, they can't help us win this game. What's happened is social media has invaded our locker rooms. And that I think is where the change came. I think we've, we've gone to a place where the guys get done with the game and they don't go over and high five their quarterback and say, Hey, this was great. Here's what we did. Let's work on this, that great game. They go first thing they go sit down in their locker and they start scrolling through their mentions one by one. What does everybody think about what I did? All the people who don't matter. Um, I I don't recall uh, his name. There was a coach who uh, earlier this year may have been two years ago now, who basically said there was a time where you had to earn a right for anyone to listen to you. That time is well past. We can get on and see, see an egg on Twitter, probably a bot who has 13 followers and 10,587 tweets that no one's reading. And we take it seriously as if that opinion is supposed to matter. I think we bend to the will of social media, it has invaded our locker rooms to the point where you you see things like Antonio Brown, who has groupies, who has, you know, he thinks he can do whatever he wants. Social media has has brought us to a point where the voices that actually do matter have far less impact than the voices that should matter, that is your teammates, your coaches, administrators, and uh, and your family and the like. I, I think social media and the impact of it is far more about attention and taking the wrong people seriously than it is about the dollar itself.
1: So you said starting out that, you know, executives, all they care about the dollar. You didn't finish that thought, but you kind of insinuated uh, that, well, there are athletes that actually care about more than the dollar. But but then you kind of ended on the note of, well, but they actually care about what their social media uh, says. And and I connect the social media thing to the dollar because Building a social media brand is about making money. And so I think the executives, coaches, whomever, the athletes care just as much about the money, maybe even more so than the administrators and coaches because again, those people are all over the age, mostly over the age of 40, they've made some money. They actually care about the money Probably a little less than the athletes because the athletes haven't made, you know, the younger ones in college haven't made the money yet. And then the ones in the NFL, they want to become as rich as the owners or as rich as possible. I think the athletes are actually more concerned about the dollar than anybody else involved in sports. They, they're they hungrier for it. They needed more. And so their entire foot. But but. And then the games, the caretakers of the game, they're not fighting this tide at all. They they just, you know what? It's all about the dollar. We're going to make it about it. let's expand the playoffs again. TJ, I'm old enough to remember. We used to play 11 college football games. And then a 12th if you made it to a bowl game. Now, people are playing 12 and 13 games in the regular season and could play as many as 15 and 16 in the uh, by the time the playoffs are over. And, and no one cares about winning their conference championship anymore. It's all about, any, and it's just, can we get bigger and can we make more money? The media, everybody. It's just money, 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 and integrity, and nothing, nothing else matters. And, and I, I think kids have gotten that message. And so everybody's involved in sports for what it can do for them individually. And I'm getting I'm going to go faster to this point than what I anticipated. But but I include Tom Brady in that because as much money as he's made and as many accomplishments as he's he's had, all he really cares about is can I get an eighth Super Bowl? All, what can I do to build my legacy and my brand even stronger? And that's why he's even getting in bed with Ant- Antonio Brown in New England and again in Tampa. Because all Tom Brady cares about is serving Tom Brady. You will never convince me that he took the jab and, and, and I certainly, you, there's no chance I would die before I would believe that he believes in the
2: jab. Well, I think you're exactly right on, the, on the, the latter point there. And I think you you conflated two things that I think are separate with him. And that is that he cares about the almighty dollar and he's all about Tom Brady and being the greatest. I think it's point two, not point one. He has plenty of money. Tom Brady would play for free and, and we've seen him take unbelievable discounts uh, over the years with the Patriots to have good players around him. Tom does care. First and foremost, about Tom Brady, but he actually is aware that in order for Tom Brady to succeed at the level that he wants Tom Brady to succeed at, that he needs great teammates. I'm not talking about Antonio Brown over the years with the Patriots, and he needs to put other get talent around him in order for him to be considered the greatest to ever exist. I don't think that has anything to do with money. I think that's an ego thing, and I think this is the same reason we loved Michael Jordan. You know, this is the same reason Michael Jordan. Don't forget. I mean, we're talking about. Uh, Uh, Tom Brady enabling Antonio Brown and bringing him around we just watched the Michael Jordan documentary about how they had to give Dennis Rodman time off in the middle of the season to go hang out in Vegas because his head wasn't right I mean these crazy people have been around for a very long time what social media has done to us. We've got 7.9 billion people in the world. That's a lot of crazy people. We've given all of them a voice to say, Hey, you're not crazy. Okay. So your level of crazy, wherever that might be your type of crazy, you're going to have a ton of people like you in a world of 7.9 billion people. We have, we have 3 billion active monthly users on Facebook. That is nearly half of the entire world, okay? You have about a billion on TikTok. You've seen, I've seen you retweet the the libs on TikTok. Think about how weird these people are. You're seeing other weird people and it is encouraging you to continue that behavior. We used to once upon a time, say this is not healthy behavior. You are not going to succeed in these conditions and we have to move forward and you can grow to be the best person you can be. We have decided this idea of being genuine it means that you should stay the same, never grow, never improve, you're exactly the way you should be. Jordan B Peterson is probably the the world's leading clinical psychologist, at least the most popular at this point. And what he is what what he has gone on it and part of the reason he's become so popular is he says, "Listen, what I do and, and the reason that young men specifically come to my uh, lectures and thank me, by the thousands, tens of thousands, is because I tell, when they say, hey, my life's not going exactly the way I want it to be, I tell them, yes, that's because you are not who you're supposed to be right now. You need to start taking personal responsibility and you can be here. And right now, you're nobody. You're not the person you should be, but instead we've encouraged people and said you're exactly the way you should be. What a terrible thing to tell people who are in a weird situation. The people who are telling Antonio Brown, you're exact, just listen, you just be A-B, okay? You score touchdowns, you're great just the way you are, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That's the single worst thing you could be telling anyone. We should all be reading books. We should all be improving exactly who you are to be the best version of you. Telling people that you are exactly who you should be, I think is what led us to these points where Antonio Brown thinks it's okay uh, to strip off his clothes and walk off the field in the middle because everybody forever has told him, A.B., you're great. You're exactly who you should be all the time. You have no problems. Just go out there and score touchdowns. And guess what? Even Tom Brady will want you. He'll bring you to the Patriots. And when you get cut, when he goes to his next spot, he'll go out on a limb and make sure he brings you out there too you're exactly the way you should be it is it is wrong on a lot of levels i just think it's separate from the money thing i, I understand that I, and look you and i are, are both christian men and the the uh love of money is the root of all evil i get that and the world loves money i think attention and what we have grown it to become is absolutely right there on the same level of toxicity as money is so I
1: want to go back on the Tom Brady point, because one, you said a mouthful, but there's something in particular that, that you brought up Michael Jordan and and basically analogized him to Tom Brady. And I'm going to say, here's the difference between Jordan and, and Tom Brady. Actually, in retrospect, I did not think this at the time, but in retrospect, I think it actually took courage for Michael Jordan not to involve himself himself in political matters that he was clueless about. And he was like, I'm playing basketball. I'm not involved in politics. I'm really no expert. I'm staying out of that. And he took a lot of heat and criticism for that. He could have done what was popular and got involved and said what his handlers told him to say. He stayed out of it because he didn't know what he was talking about. Here's the difference between Ali and the modern athletes of today and, and like. Ali and the the draft, that personally involved him. They wanted him to enter the draft and potentially go to Vietnam. He didn't want to do it. He took a bold stance, and other people in that same situation didn't want to be involved in the military, didn't want to be drafted. By Ali speaking out for an issue that was directly impacting him, he went down in history as very courageous. So the political stuff that Jordan didn't involve himself in, in Jordan's mind, it's like, that doesn't affect me. I'm going to be Michael Jordan, and whether a Democrat, Republican, or whoever's in office, I'm going to be fine. This doesn't impact me. It's not my passion. I'm not interested. This vaccine stuff impacts all of us. Impacts Tom Brady. He's in a league that's forcing this vaccine down and bullying its players to take this vaccine that I know, in my view, maybe I'm wrong, he doesn't believe in. And so just like Ali and the draft directly impacted Ali, it's directly impacting citizens across the United States. It forced Ali to take a stance about what he believed in, and he went down in history for it this vaccine stuff, the exact same thing. It's affecting all of us in American society. Some people were good with the military draft. Some people didn't want to be involved. Same situation going on with the vaccine. Tom Brady and professional sports, because of social media, because of people's brand building, blah, blah, Tom Brady doesn't want to get involved. And so he, with a billion dollars, a wife that's worth just as much as him, all the accomplishments in a sport that man could have. He sits there silently, and it annoys me. I do. I like the guy. I respect what he's done. But damn it, he should man up here and say what he really thinks about the vaccine. To say. And I know Aaron Rodgers was forced into having to say what he believes about the vaccine, but at least he said it. And articulated it in a, a sincere fashion. At least Kyrie Irving has taken a stance, but most of these other athletes, are a bunch of cowards. And I'm just, I, I just don't enjoy sports the way that I used to because I'm just, I don't respect these athletes the way I, I, I used to think. Sports made men more courageous, and and now I look at it and say it makes them cowards. And I see it in college sports. I see it in professional sports. I, I, I could go on for days why this hits me so hard but but I, and so I, I want to stop there because there's more I could say but anyway I want your reaction to that.
2: I was all teed up to disagree with you and I think you've convinced me uh, because specifically it has something to do and it affects him so the, the, where I was teed up to disagree with you was uh, I have been under the impression for for at least the last five years, probably closer to 10, that it actually takes more courage to stay out of it when the crazy liberal media is trying to bring you into everything. There was a poll done on the big lead several years ago where uh, it found that 96% of sports sports writers are Democrats. They're all liberals, okay? we are, and, and we're all aware of this, having watched ESPN and Fox Sports and such. And so they are constantly trying to bring you into some sort of political divide all the time. They, they want every person to be LeBron James telling Daryl Morey he doesn't know what he's talking about and that, and that uh, we should all just worship China. That's what every, every uh, writer wants over at ESPN. But where you convinced me is that I think having, having to do it yourself, and a world now that is changing the draft, okay, could have easily changed the lives of Muhammad Ali's family if he goes over uh, to Vietnam and is killed, right? This, the vaccine mandates, if something were to happen to Tom Brady, he's somebody who treats his body as though uh, it is a Greek god, he then, if something were to happen, would be putting the rest of his family at risk with Tom Brady not being there. We're seeing that. I would have hoped that that guys like you and me, neither of us had long careers in the NFL, but I, I hope now I'm, I'm 31 years old. I hope I would have had the courage to do what you're suggesting because I do now, but what do I have to lose? I hope I would have had the courage to do the same research that I've done with the vaccine stuff. I've come out, you know, it's, it's not a super popular thing to do. I have come out and I told you my, I think it was the first day I was ever on the show. I've chosen not to get the vaccine and here are the reasons why. I would have hoped because there is, there is a guy, now I don't think he's done a very good job articulating it, but there is a guy who has come out, he plays for the Bills, Cole Beasley, He'd be a long-time Packers yeah. wide receiver. He has come out and had some courage. I hope, and I'll never be able to know, not having the the millions of dollars waved in front of my face i hope i would have had the courage to be that guy because i do think it affects our world i do think it affects our families and and overall i think it affects the trajectory of our country joe rogan had a good line when he was on with uh with uh dr marone he said i think we're at a 45 degree angle as a country aimed downward into the ground in a hurry and we've got to figure out a way to stop it
1: so why would you go to Cole Beasley, which I don't have any problem with, because Cole Beasley was out on front on this early. But Aaron Rodgers is right there right now and won't back down, and I know he was forced. He's having an MVP-type season. His team just secured the number one spot in the NFC in the postseason. So he's having success might win his second consecutive MVP season while taking on the woke mob over the vaccine mandate. He's
2: showing a pair. Why won't Tom Brady? Aaron's showing a pair after the fact, which I'm still, look, I'm still all for you showing a pair. But he's shown a pair after the fact. The reason I brought up Cole Beasley is because he is he has flipped the double bird to everybody from day one and said, You people are nuts, and he's doing it in New York. Okay, that's not the place where you I mean, he can't he can't walk into a restaurant up there where he's he's making millions of dollars to play football and they won't allow him into a restaurant because he's not vaccinated. He's got some balls and he was willing to show him from day one. I'm all for Aaron Rodgers, okay, and everything that he's done. And I think now, once his hand was forced. Then he stood up like a man and said, I'll fight this with everything I've got. I'm good with that. And I think that's great, and we should get on the bandwagon. Uh, we'll we, we get to Tom. I do think there's something to be said for the guy who was willing to stand up alone that doesn't have the big name notoriety. If you cut Cole Beasley today, everybody would shrug. Nah, it's just look, he's a good little slot receiver, the diamond doesn't. He was pretty good. It is what it is. I think that takes more courage, honestly, than doing it as the MVP of the league. I mean, who's going to cut Aaron Rodgers? Who's going to cut Tom Brady? When you're a nobody, I think you got to have some more courage knowing that you're literally putting your livelihood in the way.
1: And now you're making my point in terms of why I'm disappointed with Tom Brady. And look, maybe Tom Brady is the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the vaccine, just, just like uh, in the NFL. You know, Kareem, somebody done cut Kareem a check and he, he is so pro-vaccine, he probably takes one every night like it's heroin. Uh, and maybe, maybe shockingly, uh, Brady's on that, on that bandwagon too, but you, you'd be hard pressed to convince me. And then I, I would say, let's say he is pro-vaccine. Uh, I'll give him another he still helps my point with the way he handled the whole Trump situation. Uh, you know, I think he's a Trump supporter. Hadn't had the balls to come out and say that. And Agreed. and I, I I just see a guy this co- at at the end of the day, we all need to show more loyalty to this country and what it's done for us than our football legacy our legacy as a sports journalist, I'm gonna say something very arrogant, and I don't care if people don't like it, but I could have played the game and gone down in history as the greatest sports writer of the last 30 or 40 years. I could easily do that. I, all that money they're paying Stephen A. Smith, I could have been making it at ESPN if I played the game. I will not play that game. I am not going to sell out my beliefs in this country for a check. And so, uh, you know, I'm just sorry, I look at Brady and what he's doing and I don't like it, I don't respect it. And that does not mean I don't like and don't respect Tom Brady, I do, but I'm getting sick of these men that we celebrate, and glorify and talk about how much courage they have and how inspirational they are. And I'm looking at them fold on all of the, these issues are important now. And they're folding like, and again, this is across, these athletes, they got daughters and they're letting men come in and play women's sports. And they're not saying a word about it. I'm, ooh, I'm trying not to, I didn't mean to say that. I hope they beat that out. But men are folding, and Tom Brady is
2: folding. Uh, here, here's the only thing I would add, because I agree with you. You, I, you would not have me on this show If it were not for what I was willing to say, because I am in the grand scheme of things, as everybody knows, a nobody. I was a decent player in college, spent five minutes on an NFL roster. I'm a nobody. What what attracted you to me was that I have a willingness to dive in and say things that aren't popular. But I will tell you, I think your bone to pick with Tom is about who he is, not who he has become. This is who tom always was tom hasn't changed the world has changed around him the world has gotten crazier with social media there was a time where we enjoyed that that michael jordan shut up that he has the the famous line republicans buy sneakers too we liked that and if tom brady played in that age we would love that that he's not political that he's not a guy that like he doesn't think He knows more than you about politics. He doesn't think that he knows more than you about uh, vaccines and medical issues and such. So, I mean, he does have a line. Well, this is this is uh, this is about five percent of what you guys like you and I would hope that he would say. But he he did say a line after the Aaron Rodgers stuff where he said, far be it for me to tell you what what you should put in your body. Now, that's an ultra weak way of saying I'm not for vaccine mandates. Okay, ultra weak, he obviously didn't come out and do it, but I think that's his stance, and I'm not convinced that he took the vaccine either. Um, I think the problem is this is who Tom is. And so we can say, look, Tom is the greatest football player that's ever lived, perhaps the greatest athlete that's ever lived, but when it comes to what we wanna see out of a man, I don't think this is exactly what we wanna see.
1: We'll end there, but I'll just say this. If the country's going to survive, and, and again, Tom Brady has benefited from this country, the sport of football, masculinity, the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. Guy's got riches and able to do things for his family beyond his wildest dreams. And and you know, I ain't at that level by any stretch financially, but I went from nothing to quite a bit uh, <laughs> by most standards. And I'm just sorry. I'm not going to turn my back on this country and the freedoms afforded me and the sacrifices people made so that I could experience this level of success and just keep my mouth shut and sell out for money. And that's all. I look at the people in the media and now I'm starting to look at the athletes in the sports, the exact same. They're all it's all a little club that they're all in, and and we're all very comfortable demonizing ESPN and everybody in the corporate media, and I'm telling you, the athletes are right there with them, black, white, whatever, they're all right, Republicans, Democrats, it's all, as Kwame Brown says, the go-along, get-along gang, they're all virtually in it, hats off to Aaron Rodgers, he got forced into it, really hats off to Cole Beasley who stood his ground and actually stands for something and has a pair and was there from day one hats off to Kyrie Irving. but the rest of these guys bunch of cowards Thank you TJ uh we'll go to the Korean an our decisions.
3: we go to heaven with freedom
0: it's my obligation hate discrimination is hands for freedom.
4: All
1: right, uh, let's roll out to Los Angeles and bring in uh, the Korean co Cosell. Uh, we got a lot to get to, Steve, uh, that we would have normally on Monday. We'd be talking college football playoff, but obviously the Antonio Brown meltdown has got me distracted and has all of my attention. You just heard me and uh, T.J. Moe talking about uh, mass formation psychosis and Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. And kind of where I want to kind of start with you, because on social media, and, and I mentioned it in my monologue and opening, but everybody's going straight to the CTE card. And there's absolutely zero proof That Antonio Brown has CTE. Uh, Everybody thinks they can sit at home and go, oh, my, that guy got hit hard by uh, Burfick two or three years ago, and he's a changed person. Changed? This dude's been, uh, you know, a (laughs) shit show, for lack of a better description, for a long, long time. This whole CTE thing just baffles (sighs) me, bothers me. Annoys me, and you're from the boxing world. It's like we never hear talk of CTE yeah. in the boxing world, but every football player is afflicted with it.
4: Jason, first of all, happy new year to everyone here at the Blaze, Fearless, and all our fine listeners and uh, viewers out there. Hope you're having a great new year. The C in CTE, I, I think it stands for crutch because you're right, Jay. Everyone's now using it out of their back pocket. And here's what I find interesting. You have been one of the more honest people about Antonio Brown, that whatever issues he may have underneath it all, the foundation of him as a person, it's very fractured. He's a jerk. He's not a great teammate. He's someone you would hate to have as a neighbor. And anytime you make any real criticism where you're not enabling, I remember you would tweet certain things And all these people, the mantra was, let A-B be A-B. Let him be who he is, blah, blah. They did all this enabling. But now retroactively, after letting him be A-B and watching him melt down, now it's, well, he's got CTE. And, And to me, I've seen this a lot in sports now. And mental health is a real issue. And I hope people don't come out and discern that I am trying to trivialize it. My argument is, when you're allowed to use it so easily and pull it out of your back pocket as a get out of jail free card, that's the real trivialization of that particular
1: issue. It Tell me this, do people talk about CTE in the boxing world? I can't imagine a sport that has more head trauma than boxing, but I don't hear it being discussed with boxers, not as pervasively and prevalently as you do with football players.
4: When you talk about CTE, head trauma, and the issue of repeated concussions in the sport that I cover, generally it's about behavior that becomes slowed down in the sense that your motor skills are lessened. Um, But has there been an issue where a fighter that went through a rigorous career and is obviously suffering from long-term head trauma, do they turn violent or criminal Or does their behavior go to a point where it's downhill, where it reaches rock bottom like maybe Antonio Brown? I can't really think of one. Uh, And I think about it. The seminal case that everyone thinks about when they think of head trauma in boxing is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali became a different, more quiet person as his motor skills declined. And obviously he aged. But you're right, Jason, as I think about it and I rack my brain of all the boxers that I've seen, who may have fought too long they don't speak the way they did they don't have the clarity of thought they don't actually turn more violent and they certainly don't become more criminal
1: it, it, it's i think it's all part of a concerted effort and an attack on football they're trying to convince moms if you let your sons play football oh you could end up like a b and and literally people need to say to mom no the problems with a b started in childhood, in Liberty City, yeah. Florida, in Southern Florida, where again I had to explain to someone, uh, someone over Twitter said, to, "Oh yeah, he he was a changed person after that perfect hit." And I'm going, "Are you? Have you been paying attention? Are you?" The guy first went to was committed to Florida State, then Florida International, then had to walk on to Central Michigan. Before that, his parents kicked him out of the house. He was homeless at like 16 years old because of his behavioral issues. It's, I mean, it's just driving me crazy.
4: Jay, to go back to boxing, the late great custom model once said, square pegs do not die round. In other words, you are who you are for the most part. And the theory that I have is that Since we are talking about a black athlete who other teammates who are black, namely Ryan Clark in the past, that said, this guy's an issue. I remember a famous uh, rant or a monologue that Ryan Clark went on in one of these ESPN shows and said, "Um, A.B. was not a great teammate. I saw the signs coming. I knew once he got some money, he would be a real issue, would only exacerbate his behavior. So now that you can't use that, and I've seen this, Anytime an athlete has issues or things get really tough, and again, I want to make this clear, I'm not trivializing mental health. Mental health becomes a real easy way to kind of excuse yourself from certain obligations. And here's the issue. If you are a media member or an outside entity that dares questions that in any way, Then you become the focus. It's almost like you're not allowed to even question it, even though there may be other behavior, a long laundry list of behaviors or patterns that you're thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is it now a mental issue? See, this is my problem with a lot of the people pushing the CTE angle back three, four years ago when all the signs were there, no one was asking him to get mental health then. So now you are retroactively giving him a pass, And and I find that to be very, very dishonest.
1: The other thing I find very, very dishonest is these behavioral issues. And, and I, I, I want to be careful and clear and fair to Terrell Owens because I don't think— Terrell Owens. I think A B is on another level as a drama and a diva person and a problem for a football team than even Terrell Owens. But as it relates to Terrell Owens in terms of or Antonio Brown, the behavioral issues, generally speaking, with most human beings, and certainly with these professional athletes to get in the spotlight. They have a common denominator of coming from a dysfunctional, destroyed family unit. Dennis Rodman, clearly some emotional mental health issues, dysfunctional, destroyed nuclear family. That's the common denominator. But we've trained everybody to immediately go to CTE and, oh, it's the hits to the head, when the most obvious glaring thing is like, Hey man, a lot of, and I'm sorry to say, but these are just the facts. A lot of black athletes come from dysfunctional, single-parent, grandmama-led, auntie-led, foster-home-led family situations, and it creates behavioral issues that don't get addressed in childhood because they're such tremendous athletes, don't get addressed in college because they're such tremendous athletes, don't get addressed... In professional football because they're such tremendous athletes it's so obvious I'm again I just look at everybody go straight to the CTE card and never say man that guy came from a really traumatic family situation as a child and here he is as an adult with clear emotional issues father's matter.
4: I've read for years about how young females, if they do not have fathers in their lives or strong male presence, are more prone for teenage pregnancy. Uh, There's also the statistics and studies that talk about high school graduation versus dropouts of those who come from single parent homes. Um, Are you more prone to have toxic relationships in your future life as an adult if in your adolescent years you don't see a nuclear family? Well, uh, everyone focuses on the female impact of young girls that don't have a strong father figure in their lives. We have completely glossed over the fact, for the most part, that young men go through the exact same dynamic, but in different ways. Um, and that's a very uncomfortable discussion that many people are not willing to have or that they want to gloss over. And I have a question for those who are defending AB to the hilt. I don't see a lot of his ex-teammates coming out in support of him. Maybe I missed it, and if I am, let me know. But a lot of the people that were there with him day-to-day, weeks and months at a time, they're staying relatively silent, which is really deafening in a lot of different ways. And the other other thing is, ask yourself this. Would you want A.B. as a teammate? Would you want him as a neighbor? There's an old saying, uh, Jason, short visits make long friends. And so it's easy to... to defend Antonio Brown if he has no impact on your life or anything of that nature that's really uh, substantial. And it says a lot about Antonio Brown.
1: But I, I, I do wonder, though, does he have any more enablers left? All right. And so the conversation you and I are having right now, this is my entire problem with ESPN, Fox Sports, the whole corporate media structure in terms of I guarantee you. None of this what we're talking about now will get addressed or discussed. Absolutely none of it. in terms of like, hey, man, this dude has a long, lifelong history of dysfunction and uh, bad behavior. And it's probably rooted in his family. There'll be conversation about CTE and uh, did Mike Tomlin tolerate too much of this when he was in Pittsburgh? How did he get away with it for seven years? That that. You can't. This is why, you know, I love doing this show and why it's important that I think people tell their friends about this show is because we're actually talking about the stuff that's real and significant and, and actually we're actually talking about the truthful stuff rather than this bogus media narrative driven stuff. Let me ask you this, Steve, uh, transitioning back to just... Do you in any way, and obviously the stuff we said about A.B. stands on its own, we're not backing away from that, but do you have a problem with Bruce Arians and the way he handled A.B. yesterday in terms of this dispute over an ankle injury and going back in the game and basically telling him on the sidelines during the game that you're off the team or you're no longer a member of this team? Do you think Bruce Arians has made any mistake here?
4: Um, you could argue that the mistake was listening to Tom Brady to talk him into bringing him onto the Buccaneers franchise. But this was the situation. Look, we know the Buccaneers outside are banged up. A Couple more injuries, they might be bringing back Kevin House and Keenan McCardle. Playing hurt in the game of football, you are expected to do that. That is your duty as a football player. And with Chris Godwin out. I felt like, oh, the last five, six weeks, maybe Antonio Brown could be more than just a role player, because that's essentially what he was the past couple of years. You look at his numbers, they're very, very pedestrian. So I I don't know what Bruce Arians could have done. Look, they're down to a couple of people. I look at that game-winning drive of Tom Brady. I'll be honest, unless you're a Buccaneer fan, you didn't really know who he was throwing to the last couple of passes. His teammates Needed him. You played football at a high level. Division one, Jay. You know playing hurt and being there for your brothers is part of that pact that you make. I'm not saying he's asking him to play with a broken neck. It's an ankle injury. I would guess, without being in his body, not knowing how he felt, there are probably 50 to 75 wide receivers playing with similar ailments who do not question it because they're better teammates. So I don't know what Bruce Arians could have really done other than saying, look, strike 18 and you're out of here. Because let's face it, A.B. is always going to be an issue. I'm not so sure how Bruce Arians could have made this any more palatable.
1: Well, I I think there's an argument. I disagree with it, but there's an argument to be made that like, hey, man, you're in bed with Antonio Brown. You made that decision. (laughs) You know he's probably not the guy to boot off the team mid-game. Because, again, I'm sure coaches (laughs) have said things like this out of frustration during the game. And, and, you know, I'm sure Bruce Arians was just saying it during the game out of frustration. Maybe he meant it. Maybe they – because, again, I'm sure – we hear about the really (laughs) highlight, high-profile moments. There's probably 30 other things that Bruce Arians has dealt with related – to Antonio Brown just this season that got him to that boiling point. But, but I I get, there is an argument to be made like, well, AB is not the guy to cut mid game. Wait till after the game, show some discipline. Don't have this dispute (laughs) mid game.
4: Jay, your, your statement right there got me thinking. So in other words, it's like dating a quote unquote exotic dancer. The highs are high. The great stuff is great. The bad stuff, where they run over your puppy when you break up. They burn all your clothes like Angela Bassett in Waiting to Exhale. Uh, they, they, they call your mom. They send pictures to your ex-girlfriends, and the breakup is horrible. So basically, AB is that girl from Sapphires or whatever, uh, Spearmint, Zebra, or Rhino, one of those places, that be careful what you're getting into. It may look nice. It may start off real fun. You're going to have some great memories. It's
1: going to be a bad breakup. It's going to be a bad breakup. And well, that's what I, it was last night. It was a bad breakup. I, I, I love the uh, boxing writer who spends half his time in Las Vegas pretending like he can't <laughs> name the strip clubs in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, what, what's that called? <laughs> Sapphires? Spirit <laughs> Manuino? Man, treasures? Little Darlings? Jay, Jay, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I can't that, name a, Yeah, There's only about 10 or 15 that I can name off the top of my head. I really don't know anything about it. Well, uh, wait a minute. Jay, first of
4: all, number one, I'm really boring. And number two, all these years, I didn't make that big Blaze money. Now in the future, now in the future, I can leave some very detailed Yelp reviews. Trust me on that, and I will report back to you. But I'm on a limited budget here. This boxing thing is tough out here in the streets. Come on.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, is 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 A B done? Will anybody else touch A B moving forward?
4: You know what? We've said this before, but talent speaks up. But going back to that stripper analogy, a lot of people will say, Man, stay away from her. She's toxic. She's crazy. But you know what? They get asked out on a lot of dates. They're 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 around the arms of a lot of rich men. Uh, that don't look at them as a long-term relationship, but more or less as a short-term fun. But realistically, no. I, 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 when you do it to that degree and you burn Tom Brady, who I believe is NFL royalty, and his word carries a lot, I really think he's one of only two or three players that could have vouched for Antonio Brown and got him on a roster. Once you burn that bridge to the ground, like General Sherman going through Atlanta, uh, I think it's over. I really
1: do. All right, you, you've circled me back to what TJ and I were talking about Tom Brady. And, you know, part of my monologue today, part of the column I wrote today is critical of Tom Brady because I think that uh, professional sports and all this obsession with brand has turned all of these athletes into cowards. And I include Tom Brady on that list. And, and, and I say that because Tom Brady, uh, to me, there's no way in hell he took the vaccine. No way. And, <laughs> uh, and if he did, he's not happy about it. And for him to keep his mouth shut and not say anything about it, it's why I'm just completely dissatisfied with pro sports that they're no longer a force for good. They, there's so much money involved, and everyone's so obsessed with protecting their brand and making as much money as possible that all of these guys are cowards. And that includes Tom Brady for not opening his mouth Ooh. and saying, you know what, this whole vaccine deal is a joke, and the NFL's protocols are a joke, and I stand against it.
4: Jason, here's the other argument, though. And I don't completely disagree with you, given the stature of Tom Brady and the fact that no one's cutting him. He's Elliot Ness. He's untouchable. But but you can also make an argument that, hey, my vaccine status, your vaccine status, and Tom Brady's va- vaccine status is nobody's business. Doesn't he have a right to keep that private?
1: Well, he hasn't kept it private. They what was it? Fifty-two of the fifty-three Buccaneers are are vaccinated. I'm just saying he has again. He just hasn't spoken out in terms of sports. Athletics used to sharpen the character, reveal the character of athletes, and and eliminate some of the flaws. And I think now professional sports they're so filled with money that the the only thing that pro sports are worried about is money they're not trying to teach any higher values of any kind and when i say pro sports i'm talking about college football college basketball and the nfl they've all been professionalized they're not teaching anything higher than how can you make money and and again it's it's helped me have an awakening and i'm talking i'm a former college athlete my whole life has been built around sports and i've i've loved what sports has done for me I don't think sports does that anymore, and it's made me less and less respectful, appreciative of professional athletes, including Tom Brady. And it's why I sit around, it's like Aaron Rodgers, who's been backed into a corner, uh, is now like my new favorite athlete because he has at least been honest about the vaccine after being forced. But the overwhelming majority of these athletes, I just don't think they got small balls and – Uh, I just don't think much of
4: them. Well, this is where social media is a negative. So many of these athletes or anyone in the public spotlight is very wary of getting blowback. I don't think they want to be the center of attention that's negative. If you go back, I think I've mentioned this to you before on this fine program a couple of months ago, Jason. Remember when Tom Brady had a MAGA hat in his locker back in New England? Yeah. And he got a lot of heat for it. I don't think he wants to face it. And look, you could say that's cowardice. He's not being courageous. You may have a point, but he is on a chase for legacy in terms of being a player. That's his focus. I mean, he comes from that Patriot Bill Belichick culture, whether he likes it or not, where it's about don't be a distraction. We are about winning football games and winning titles. And I still think that's very much a part of his DNA.
1: Uh, Steve, how much money does he need? How many Super Bowl trophies does he need? <laughs> how many MVP Whoa. awards does he need? I mean, the gap, between he and his wife, they're worth close to a billion dollars. No one's touching his seven Super Bowl records and uh, wins and 10, 11 appearances, whatever the number is at this point. That that's, His legacy is intact. No one has more freedom to say what they think than Tom Brady. <laughs> You are right about that, but he's
4: not built that way. If we're expecting him to be Muhammad Ali circa 1969 through 72, he simply is not that guy. And I think there's a natural inclination that everyone in life wants to be liked, if not respected. And I don't think he wants the heat. I don't think he wants the social media blowback. And that's what makes Aaron Rodgers, the the man you mentioned, very unique. He's a quirky character who doesn't seem to care nearly as much. And in fact, he seems to like to jab at his critics and those who have come out against him. I love that sweater that he wore a couple of weeks ago on Pat McAfee show. He knows what he's doing. But again, that's a different mindset. He's a, he's a different type of guy. So, I mean, look, Tom Brady, do I wish he would stand up and at least say, look, I'm against the vaccine mandates. Say what you want medically. You're I'm not going to touch that. But I'm against the mandates and some of the implications of it. Yes. But short of like wanting him to do it, I'm not so sure what he really wants to do at this stage. Look, he's in football mode. That's what he is. At at, at his core, he's a football player. And that's that's just the unfortunate reality.
1: And we'll end on that note. That is the unfortunate reality. Uh, I'm gonna let you go. Appreciate it. We're going to move on to Royce White. Uh, Good job, Korean Cosell. Uh, Well, if you were making all that money. You'd sell out too, I guess, Steve. I guess I'm the only guy here that will never sell out. All right, stick, stick around. Stay where you are. Royce White. All right, welcome back. Uh, We're going to roll out to Minneapolis and bring in uh, the smartest athlete that I know, Royce White. Uh, I can't wait to hear Royce's take. Royce is an outspoken mental health advocate and expert. Uh, And so Royce, you know, we're going to start right there. I say in my monologue, I say in my column, Antonio Brown has some mental health issues. I think I called him nuts. Uh, Probably not the greatest description, but he strikes me as someone that uh, appears to be bipolar. And given his dysfunctional upbringing, it wouldn't surprise me. But what do you see? What are your thoughts on Antonio Brown?
3: Well, first of all, thanks for having me back, Jason. I appreciate it. And Happy New Year to you and the audience. Got a little bit of a cold today, so I'm I'm working through that. But, um, you know, I'm concerned for Antonio Brown, right? I really think that. He is going through something um, significant health-wise, and, and my thoughts and prayers are with him. I know that he's probably done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He may be done in the NFL, and that's very unfortunate, but he has an entire life to live, and I hope that he finds some health. Um, so that, that's first and foremost. Secondly, I read your piece, and, and I thought it was just an amazing piece. I, I uh, would encourage anybody who's watching the show today to go and read that article. Um, you know, from, from one writer to another, I really I really thought it was a, a standout piece. Um, and in it, you, you referenced Dr. Robert Malone, um, who I've been a fan of for a long time. Obviously, he's a part of our war room posse over there with Steve Bannon and company. Um, and, and he's somebody who is, in my view, an American hero. Um, and he talked about mass form psychosis, as you referenced in the article. And I agree with his assessment 100%. Um, and actually, Robert. As an aside, as uh, recently, Robert and I are both board members for the Unity Project, which is a group that came together in California to fight against the vaccine mandates there for children. Um, so you know, he and I are colleagues now as well. Um, but but I think what he says, I mean, his perspectives are are just incredible, and and you know, a historic moment. What he did on the Rogan podcast, I think, is an historic moment. But he talked about mass form psychosis, and you referenced it in your piece. And I couldn't be in, in more agreement um, with that. What I will say in addition to that is something you and I have discussed before. I think the shoe that dropped before the mass form psychosis really kicked in um, was the demoralization syndrome, which is you know characterized in, in clinical psychology as hopelessness, meaninglessness, and existential distress. And I think the, the hallmark of it or the, the driver of it was the abnegation of faith um you know the rise of this atheist movement uh which which allowed for the next agenda and wave of mass form psychosis so psychosis to take place and you know when i really look at what's going on with antonio brown obviously there's a bunch of different opinions about it right as people are you know well you know he still has to take individual responsibility whether cte is really a factor you know muhammad ali had you know problems or other football players had problems that was probably my only uh pushback against the perspective in your article was that as a mental health advocate and in the mental health field, we know that the prep the presence of a disease like CTE will present itself differently in different people. So a Troy Aikman may very well be suffering from CTE and not exhibit the type of behavior that that Antonio Brown did. But on the flip side of that coin you also have to look at a situation where an NFL player just shot six people, murdered six people, and, and then, uh, unfortunately, or tragically killed himself. I mean, that's, that's a mass murder. So, obviously, there's a spectrum uh, for CTE presentation as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's just spot on and, and pointing to social media as a driver of where we are today. Um, and, and, yeah, I think we got to go in deeper about what role social media is actually playing.
1: Let me ask you this though, Royce. CTE allegedly gets diagnosed after someone dies. So they do a study of the brain after death. And and so I'm gonna be honest. I'm just suspicious of this whole CTE narrative. And, and cause and people speculating about who has it, who doesn't. Antonio Brown has been exhibiting dysfunctional behavior since childhood. And now we get to the NFL and perhaps the flame out of his career and we go, oh, it's CTE. Well, did he have it at age 14 and 15 when his family kicked him out of the house? Was that CTE as well? And so there's, as it relates to mental health, I don't hear enough conversation about family and family structure because and again, I don't have the knowledge that you have, but I've heard a number of people say, long before there was ever any discussion of CT, years and years ago. I, hell, I, I think the Dr. Phil, his whole show, used to be built around like, hey, if people aren't raised in a supportive nuclear family, they tend to have emotional and mental health issues more often than people that are raised in a supportive family environment, why aren't we if if Antonio's having problems, why aren't we not looking there rather than speculating about whether a, a linebacker in Cincinnati knocked him crazy?
3: <clears throat> well, I think it's I think it's clear why we're not having that conversation. I think as social media has taken hold of our society, it's promoted itself as being the the driving force of connection, but as we clearly see, the more, quote unquote, connected people have become, the more disconnected they really feel in their real life and and the more disconnected their behavior seems to exhibit. Um, and and so I just see that we don't really see family as a very important uh, mechanism in, in our society, especially here in America, but it's growing worldwide as well. And, um, you know, whether or not how he acted at 14 or 15 can be correlated to how he's acting today is tough. And here's one thing people have to be very careful with. Diagnosing mental health issues or conditions is one of the hardest things to do in our society. Right? It's, just, it's no easy feat to accurately diagnose mental health issues or to uh, go back and pinpoint which ones are playing which role in a person's behavior today. That's why uh, clinical psychology is a very important uh industry but but it's also a very tough one and and clinical psychologists will tell you that you know uh, on on day one if if you ever step into a room with therapy uh, they're not there to tell you exactly what's wrong with you they're there to go on the journey with you and assist you in trying to figure that out um and I think all of us have taken a all of us have taken uh done ourselves a disservice in ignoring just how prevalent mental health is in our society. Uh, in in many, in many facets. Um, But I want to stick to the social media one because I think that is the driving factor here or the the overlooked factor. And I always tell people, if we're talking about addiction, which you referenced in your piece, which I thought was beautiful, the biggest drug dealers in the world, the biggest drug dealers that influence North America aren't in Sinaloa, okay? They're in Silicon Valley. And this was all by design. This this disconnection, this demoralization, this mass form psychosis is is something that the social media oligarchs and engineers have now come out and admit, admitted. You know, they went after people's psychology and I see all of these memes and posts of people saying, uh, you know, Oh, this year, I'm not going to let the people around me keep me from my goals or, you know, hold me down. And really the the thing that's holding people down the most is the technology that they trusted, which has no, no consideration for people's personal goals technology has its own goals for you um, you know we, we're not using social media anymore it's using us and people don't really believe that uh, and, and there's a full-throated conversation we need to have about that today
1: okay and I'm not leaving the social media aspect I, I just want to connect some of the points you've made and, and to to my point about because you started out talking, we've become a secular society, and there's an atheist movement, and there's no respect for family. And I think social media is driving a lot of that. Social media wants your strongest connection to be online. And again, there was a time when people's strongest connections were the human beings in their house. And the most important human beings in a house tended to be mom and dad, and, and so I look at this is all connected. The anti-family movement, the atheist movement, they go hand in hand. Social media is their vehicle or the, the, their platform to drive their agenda. And I just I look at Anthony Antonio Brown and I keep try, I, I've written about this several times. Jesse Washington at ESPN writing for the undefeated in 2018 did a great job profile story on Antonio Brown and Instagram and his relationship with Instagram and how dysfunctional his behavior was. And you could see it through his behavior on Instagram and all of that. And so I I, I just social media, professional football, and this whole obsession with how much attention I can get have exacerbated problems that were with Antonio Brown in his childhood and they just keep getting, or they keep metastasizing and getting more and more problematic for him as he goes through adulthood, I'll end with a somewhat of a joke, but but it's almost like when, when people say, well, we don't need to go back to his childhood, that's like saying there's nothing to be discerned from watching Jason Whitlock at age 12 in a McDonald's drive through and then seeing him at age 50 and go, <laughs> well, those aren't connected. I, I guarantee you the pictures look real similar at age 12 and age 50. Yeah. The clues were actually there at age 12, what I would do at a McDonald's drive through at age 50.
3: Yeah, well, you know, look, I, I would say that just like I said that the biggest drug dealers of our time are in Silicon Valley. Uh, I think the hottest commodity of our time is potential. Um, and I do think that social media has played on on that um, problem uh, for people, which does come from a lack of proper upbringing, a a lack of faith, but it also comes from, um, you know, just this overall vanity project that they built, right? And I think that a hallmark of the left that has been, you know, in many ways brushed across many of these professional athletes and many people in our modern society in America. There is this kind of just general liberalism that people tend to drift to because everything around them is is influenced by it. Um, I think that what we're seeing and part of this mass form psychosis is that the left's idea of, the left's general idea is that all of their existential anxiety can be remedied through man's Invention, right? Whether it was the scientific method early on, whether it was democracy, whether it was computer technology, and in the future it'll be artificial intelligence. That's their idea of of um, rectifying all of their existential angst. And if you don't have a metaphysical faith to throw to to be able to um, solve those existential anxieties, your, your cognitive map breaks down because there will come a time in most people's lives when man-made remedies don't do, don't suffice. And I think Antonio Brown probably ran into that a long time ago. And I think he's continuing to run into that today, as are many other people.
1: So Steve Kim just said something before you, Uh, he made an analogy between, because I started talking about family and basically daddy issues. And we understand, it's accepted like, a woman has daddy issues, she, she didn't get attention from her father, so she turns to a stripper pole and she's gonna get a lot of attention from men. And, and, and basically Steve Kim's point was like, men have the exact same issue. If they don't get attention from daddy as a kid, they're going to do things throughout their adult life and young life to get attention and that's what I see with Antonio Brown. He's on a constant hunt for attention that he was denied in childhood from his, the people that gave birth to him, his mother and father. And, and, and that's why the, the solutions to a lot of these issues just seem very simple in terms of like, if we don't get back to family, which was God's original design for the human right. being, and this is where faith and action go hand in hand, we're going to have. And so I, I, maybe they come up with CTE and all these other things because the, the actual solutions are easy and everybody knows them. And I guess it would be boring just to sit around and talk about, hey, we got to get back to family.
3: There, there's one catch to that, though, right, because the nuclear family idea, while I 100 percent agree with you about it in its premise, and theory, what we have to acknowledge is that Parents are just as mentally unstable in our society as their children. So who are the parents? Right. And that's a question that we have to ask. When I go speak to schools, right, about mental health, the same narrative pops up and it's an attack on young boys. They say, well, you know, young boys are a lot less likely to talk about their mental health issues and. You know, it's it's taboo and they think it means they're weak and feminine. It's all one of these gender neutral uh, woo woo conversations. And I just cut straight through it. I go, oh, your premise of mental health is that the young boy who is not saying he has anxiety, that his behavior isn't the same call out for help as if he said he had anxiety. And even more so, what you really don't want to acknowledge is how much caffeine do you need to feel like you in the morning? Okay, that's the mental health conversation that needs to happen. How much drinking do you do on the weekends, right? So is the mental health conversation really about the kids and the nuclear family or is it about the parents? And I know that you're not saying that it's not about both of them. I know you know that it, it is, but but we have to take a strong look at the trajectory of a society in decay and what the implications are and how do we really reverse it at a time like this when we've had generations of people who have lost faith in God we've had generations of people who have been inundated with with a, a radical materialism we have generations of people who who see themselves as god
1: that that's certainly true i want to go all the way back to the beginning of the show and a conversation i was having with tj mo and it's it's in my column and it was in my monologue today what's your reaction as a former high super high level athlete of my contention that the way professional sports are set up and monetized and the way social media now controls athletes, I just don't have, and I'm a former Division I college football player, the overwhelming majority of my friends are former college athletes or pro athletes. I just don't have the same level of respect for today's athletes that I used to. I think they're cowards. And I, I even Tom Brady's someone I really respect what he's done on the field and what he's accomplished. But the way he's handled this vaccine situation and the, the way he's silent on it. I don't like it. I don't respect it. It, it annoys me. And, and I really did come away from this weekend having watched Antonio Brown's meltdown and just the feeling I've been getting for the past year. is like I just don't like professional athletes the way I yeah. used to.
3: Well, I mean, look, you know, I've, I've been one of the main voices out there that says these athletes have, um, you know, become radical sellouts, right? And, and I could go and list a name, but there's there's actually too many names to list. You know, I, I think that, and there's two sides of the coin, right? I mean, yeah, as athletes from a young age, we've been conditioned to capitulate to um, the, the institutions above us in pursuit of our goals, in pursuit of our own success. And so some of that is is environmental and and some of that is conditioning, but at the end of the day, if you have faith in God, like we discussed, you know that there is a more a moral standard that you have to adhere to irregardless of the people or institutions around you and many of these athletes don't don't understand that and they certainly don't exhibit that in their behavior but but let's go a, a little a level deeper okay and and Tom Brady fits into this paradigm perfectly and I respect everything he's done. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I enjoyed watching him. I was happy to see him win the Super Bowl with Tampa last uh last season and, and all of that. And and he's a great quarterback. The new political paradigm for us, and, and the politics are the new religion, in the absence of religion, faith, real faith, the state becomes the 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 highest authority, right, in people's lives. And then that devolves into the, the political uh paradigm. So the new political paradigm is you got the far left, and and they believe that uh, a woman can have a penis, which is absurd. Then you have the far right, and they have way too much trust in the state and the rule of law. You know, they don't understand that if the lawmakers are corrupt and the people who enforce the law are undermining the rule of law. But they're, those two are aren't the most dangerous groups. The most dangerous group are the centrists. They are the greatest prostitutes of our society. Their allegiance is to whichever way the wind is blowing, whichever way is advantageous for them whichever way preserves the status quo and so what the left has tried to do that the right hasn't the left has tried to create an ever-expanding middle right and here's how they try to do it through identity right and the ever-expanding middle is the ever-expanding definition of gender and the ever-expanding definition of sexual misconduct okay and and so that's where they have outsmarted the right currently in the political structure. And Tom Brady, he's a centrist. He sees his own career, his own vitality as a football player and as a part of that market, as a part of that industry, as directly linked to his ability to go with the wind, to ride the wave. And that's okay. And you could could look at that from a societal standpoint and say, hey, he's going to continue to have success. But that's not directly correlated to me. And if you believe that meaning is the highest order for human beings, then you understand the correlation between that and fulfillment and happiness. And that's why there's a lot of people who are successful by societal standards, but they're not happy and they don't have meaning.
1: Royce, I'm going to cut this a little bit short because I'm having problems in my earpiece. Uh, it's not on your end; it's on my end, and so I missed a few, a couple of the words you said. I do want to ask you. I can't make out what's on your T-shirt. Is it, is that LeBron James with a blindfold on? <clears throat> well,
3: no, it's it's LeBron James's face. It it looks like uh, the picture I got was from a presser. It looks like I'm um, not sure which one it was, but he just has a little box over his eyes, and and it says "Uyghurs" with a question mark. Um, so you know. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope to have a conversation with LeBron. Jett. All, all jokes aside, all right. I believe that athletes can take up a proper role in society and use our platform, which has been, which has been uh, spread maybe too wide. That for uh, too wide for a healthy society, but it is what it is, um, and we can use that platform to really change the trajectory of where our society is headed. And I think LeBron is perfectly positioned. I think a person like Tom Brady is. So I hope to have a real conversation with LeBron one day about some of these political issues and, and encourage him in a, in a, in a uh, genuine way um, to look into a, a situation like the Uyghurs and understand that what is happening in China is on its way to America. People can think that that's far-fetched or, or fear-mongering if they want to, but the vaccine mandates are, are the proof in the pudding that authoritarianism will come twofold for all of us if we don't push back.
1: Thank you, Royce. Uh, Great job as always. All right, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Hit that subscribe, hit the likes button. If you're listening over Apple or wherever you're listening over a podcast, give me that five-star review. Need to have it, support the fearless army. All right, uh, Uncle Jimmy in our approval rating on Antonio Brown. All right, welcome back. Uh, Time for Uncle Jimmy uh, to come in and praise me and tell me what a great job I did today. Uh, And then we'll get to the approval rating of uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, Uncle Jimmy, the floor is yours to tell the audience how amazing I was.
0: You was? Oh, yeah, you was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you was. Honestly, I... Well, I better cut this out or I end up like Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what, man? I, I ain't going to lie, man. I like what God like, and it ain't nothing but the truth. And I got to be honest with you, you really underperformed today. I underperformed? You underperformed today. I'm going to keep it real, man. Your, your, your guest came out. You know, you came out and tried, oh, I think Tom Brady should do this and this. You know one reason why you think Tom Brady should do the things that you think Tom Brady should do? Why? Because you ain't married. <laughs> you said Tom Brady's worth a billion dollars. If Tom Brady lose a million, you know what else he going to lose? That wife. Okay, next thing. Come on, man. And it's Steve Kim. Yeah. And Steve Kim said he thought Antonio Brown had father problems, right? Yeah, daddy issues. Daddy issues. So I thought the next thing you going to say is what? We're going to see Antonio Brown on a
1: stripper pole or something. Yeah, uh, we definitely think that. He definitely got daddy issues.
0: I mean, seriously. And, and 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 you know Steve, I don't know if you noticed or not, but you know you thought Steve was your boy, but Steve told you if it come to him losing some money, he like Tom Brady, he ain't fooling with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, said, hey man, Steve said he ain't using no yen fooling with you, man.
1: <laughs> hey man, you gonna get in trouble for that. Uh... <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, Royce and TJ. and... T.J. Oh, T.J. Mo, yeah. Hey, man, I love T.J., man. Honestly, man. T.J.,
0: wait a minute. Let me, let me get this little thing about T.J. here, man. T.J., man, he, he used the... Which he said the same thing about A.B. that I said. He used the analogy and compared him to Dennis Rodman. I and mean, I thought that was a very... That, that was a nice analogy because as far as back in the day, nobody had more issues, seriously, than Dennis Rodman. And to make that comparison is pretty good. Only difference I would say is Dennis Rodman does have three or four more championships. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly. Yeah. That's uh, true. That's, that's You true. know, T.J. And also now T.J. said this. Oh, Jason, um, what attracted you to me? T.J. What attracted Jason to you was them pretty ass blue eyes you got. That's what the <laughs> hell. <laughs> Keep it All real. Right, sir. <laughs> That ain't true. But anyway, and and you said you said to me 20 years ago, jam is easy to eat healthy when you're wealthy. Yeah. Okay. that's what that's exactly what everybody's telling you about. Tom Brady. Hey, man, it's easy for Tom Brady to do this because he's trying to remain healthy. You talking about Tom Brady speaking out. Now, let me tell you something. If Michael Jordan spoke out like you want Tom Brady to do, you know what that would mean? What? We probably wouldn't be buying Jordans, would we? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I think actually think we would, maybe, because as I ended up pointing out, I think it took more courage for Jordan not to speak out about things that he didn't fully understand, didn't impact him. But as I said, these issues now today, vaccine mandates and stuff, that affects everybody. Jordan was disconnected and from a lot of the things people wanted him to speak out about this vaccine, everybody in America, everybody across the globe is being affected by this whole, and I, we keep calling it a vaccine, but it's an experimental medical trial. Uh, so anyway, what about my man Royce? Royce lost a little points with me today. Cause Royce
0: came out and poured it on a little thick. He came out talking about, Jason, your piece today was amazing. Royce, you ain't got to go that strong. It was good. It wasn't amazing, bro. You ain't got to do all of that. But on a free kick. Hey man, I don't I think we downplay Royce for how much knowledge he comes out here and drops. I mean, Royce comes out here and drops truth bombs. This dude said the demoralization syndrome. Now, you threw out that first syndrome. What was that first one? You Mass th- formation psychosis. Mass formation psychosis. But this brother one-upped you and said the demoralization syndrome. He said the loss of faith. And he said it's opening the door to atheism. atheism. He could have just dropped the mic and walked off after that. That was pretty good. Hey, man. Royce, Royce is worth his weight in gold. Unlike somebody else on this show. <laughs> uh,
1: let's get to our approval rating for A.B. Antonio Brown. If, if, if A.B.'s not a dumpster fire, I don't know who is. Uh, job performance, he's out of work, he's on the unemployment line. Uh, that's a zero in job performance.
0: Uh, I don't know who the hell put 25 up there for job performance, but oh, that man, no, no. that man me. ain't got no job. Yeah. He got a zero for job performance for me.
1: You're misreading. It's got you there at a zero. And then okay. character. I'm sorry. I yeah, character. Uh, I've, he has very little character. I gave him a one. Probably should have gave him a zero in character. Uh, he has no character. He gets 25 for me from character.
0: Denny Green said it best. Antonio Brown is who we thought he was. A.B., always burnt. Anybody that fool with him always ends up burnt.
1: Always bipolar is is maybe what A.B. is.
0: That's what's going to make Royce knock your teeth out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Authenticity. And see, I actually agree with your last statement about Denny Green. I think he's very authentic. He's who we thought he was. He's a nut job, so I actually give him some points here. A 16 in authenticity.
0: You want me to tell you the thing, honest to goodness, that Antonio Brown did that upset me the most? Hey, man, we as black people always complain. White people don't give us a chance. You know who gave that man a chance? You know who the, the whitest man in the NFL gave him a chance? Tom Brady. And what you did, serious business. What Antonio Brown did yesterday was shit all over Tom Brady. You talking about Tom Brady's a MAGA fan, a Trump fan. You know Tom Brady's phone was ringing off the hook. Uh, he had to do. De- oh, now how how you like how you like him now? <laughs> how you like that now? How, how, how did he do you? I mean, you don't treat anybody that sticks their neck out for you like Tom Brady did Antonio Brown. You don't do him like that,
1: man. Brady shouldn't be surprised. He tried to turn up. Hole into a housewife.
0: And guess what he got? Yeah. yeah. All right, then.
1: Uh, It factor, uh, AD's an attraction, so I gave him a 20 uh, in it factor. People do respond to him. Honest to goodness, I didn't realize this when it happened, but we
0: talk about him being a social media monster. You realize that he's that guy from the Steelers who, when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, went to Instagram Live and put Mike Tomlin on the Instagram.
1: That was A-B, yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that was that idiot.
1: Right. Hey, man, Antonio
0: Brown has never had it, and he never will. He gets a zero from me,
1: man. Mm. All right, so Wow, you got him at a 25? Do you only give him points in one category? As a kid? Oh.
0: Hey, right. man, I don't like that dude, man. Yeah, I got him. Life is too hard out here for us, man. For real, we got enough to complain about without you bringing, you know, black people, we ain't got no job. Well, this fool just walked up. This fool done threw about $400 million away, man. You could feed you could feed a starving nation in Somalia with this money. His man to throw away.
1: All right, we both got him in a dumpster fire. Uh, that's too high. That's too. We may be back talking about AB tomorrow, but I'll probably maybe I want to talk more about Tom Brady tomorrow. All right, there's tomorrow. I haven't heard tomorrow in two weeks. We've been. <laughs> no, No, no. This is a family show, Jim. <laughs> We're out of here.
2: For the right time, Looking like it's my time
0: Feeling all kinds of free. These words are our religion Our regrets and our decisions We all want to go to heaven with freedom It's my obligation No hate, discrimination Raising up your hands for freedom Raise up your hands for freedom I just want I wanna be I just want I wanna be I just want I wanna
2: be I just want I